are listening to Nightlight. Hello and a warm welcome once again to the Nightlight podcast. Author Simon Bennett is back with us on the show, speaking to us from his farm in South Africa. On previous shows, Simon shared with us some of the archetypical lessons and parallels that God's end-time church can learn from the stories of Noah and the Exodus. Today, we're going to take a look at the story of David. We have a guest tonight on Nightlight. Welcome back to Nightlight, Simon. Well, it's very good to be here. Thanks very much for having me, Chris. Such a big blessing. Simon, what can we learn from the life of King David that will strengthen and equip us to better face the flood of evil and persecution that we know the church is going to face in the last days and that even now seems to be upon us? Yes, Chris. Well, I have found um, I mean, doing these studies that... Uh, a great deal of the Old Testament stories come to life in the last days. I have this funny uh, sort of picture of it, which is these Avengers movie that you have, where I think it started off with the, the Iron Man, and then they had sort of Captain America, and you had these sort of single stars in the movie, and then they started having these movies where they all came together <laughs> into one movie. Right. And I feel it's a bit like that with the last days, that the stories of the flood, the stories of the Exodus, the stories of David, and also stories of Elijah and other stories, they all come to life in the last days, and we see tremendous parallels between them. Interesting. So just to recap a tiny bit, I think that the, the flood showed us our security in the last days. What is our ark? And we discovered our ark is, is Jesus, his word, and his body, and that the Holy Spirit is so keeps, it joins all those things together and keeps us on track. And that's our security. And yes. the Exodus describes more our process as our journey towards Jesus's return. Right. So when we come to David, I find it's his attitude of heart. It's really the heart of David and his attitude to the difficulties he faces that we can really emulate in these last days. Beautiful. That's something I never thought of, how we can learn from David's attitude of faith and trust in the face of seemingly overwhelming evil. Simon, what other similarities can we see from the life of David from which we can draw lessons to prepare us for the last days? Well, I think that there are, there are definitely similarities in the life of David when we, when we examine it. So David was anointed to be king at a young age. You know, I, I don't know how old he was. He was a young teenager. And he was anointed to be king, and he was kind of inserted into Saul's court, you know, and probably thought, here I am, this is it, I'm, I'm right in, I'm practically in the throne room. Right. I am in the throne room, and, and I'm going to become king one day. And similarly, of course, as Christians, we are sealed with the Holy Spirit. That's right. Filled with the Holy Spirit, and prepared to be kings and priests in his kingdom. Wow. And so we have the same anointing that David had in his life. And of course, David, he lived with King Saul a lot. And King Saul, his time was, he was told that his time was going to be cut short, that he wasn't going to be king, and that somebody else was going to be king instead of him. But in the last day's story, we see that uh, the devil knows he has a short time. And uh, this is in Revelations 12. It says he comes down with the earth having great wrath because he knows that he has a short time. And so the two stories have similarities. Interesting. David eventually has to leave the throne room of Saul and he has to, has to leave 
go into the wilderness, finally has to leave Israel completely to avoid the wrath of Saul, who is chasing him into the wilderness. And we see very much the same thing in Revelations 12, when the dragon sees that he's been hurled to the earth, he pursues the woman who's given birth to the man-child. That's right. And in the last few verses, it says, the dragon was enraged at the woman and went off to wage war against the rest of her offspring who keep God's commands and hold fast their testimony about Jesus. So it's just the very similar narrative that we're facing in the last days as, as David faced, being pursued by a jealous and angry force And David himself then flees into the wilderness. Yes. He's living in caves, he's living in the wilderness, he's living off the land, and he's pursued by a Saul sort of continually for these periods. And so that's, again, just very similar to what the Bible describes as the last days uh, narrative for us. Very interesting parallels, Simon. You know, before, I'd only thought of the story of the children of Israel's time in the wilderness, but you're right. David also had to flee into the wilderness. Also, Elijah was exactly three and a half years in the wilderness. So it seems the Lord is definitely preparing his people to spend time in the wilderness. Amen. And to realize that what God has done before, he can do again. And therefore, that we are living in Bible times, um, especially in these last days. And many of the stories, many of these... um, archetypal stories of the, of the Old Testament come so to life for us uh, and now, which is wonderful because the Word of God says that uh, the Word is living and active, and we see that it, it very much is for us. Nightlight, keeping you in tune with the times. You know, Simon, I sometimes reflect how the Psalms, many of them were David's personal prayers and heart cries and praise to God, many of which he wrote in the midst of being hunted down by Saul or facing overwhelming odds of armies fighting against him. Yeah, that's why they're such heart cries. They're not sort of theological treatises. They're sort of heart cries from the depths of trouble and distress. Yeah, they're wonderful. Right. And David had no idea that his personal prayers would become a book of prayers in the heart of God's word, the Bible, that have blessed countless millions in every generation. And for us, God's children living in the last days, as we look in dismay at the seemingly overwhelming flood of evil that's coming upon the world, I think we can find great encouragement that in the end, every one of David's prayers were answered. He was never defeated by his enemies. He died peacefully of old age with his enemies defeated and Israel in peace and ready to enter its greatest time of peace and prosperity during the reign of Solomon, which is a parallel to the soon coming 1,000-year reign of peace on earth by Jesus Christ during the millennium. Shining bright through the dark night, you're listening to Nightlight. One interesting um, teaching I heard recently was of, of David's experience of rejection. So he was, mm. you know, first rejected by Saul. He went into the wilderness. Um, then he had to leave his home country completely. He went to live with the Philistines. He actually joined the Philistine army and was fighting with them in their battles. That's right. And then when you know, the time came for, for the Philistines to fight against Israel, he was rejected by the Philistines. They said, sorry, you know, we don't want you with us when we're scared. 
And then he went back with his men to find that his whole camp had been raided and all the women and children had been taken away and his men were about to stone him. Right. So he went through this incredible sort of periods of rejection and it, it's in that passage where it says that David encouraged himself in the Lord. So it must have seemed like he was the furthest possible from the throne of Israel. Yes. And on the point of death by his own men, and he encouraged himself in the Lord, and he encouraged his men they could recover their families, and they did. And it was at that battle that um, Saul died, and he became king. So it's just a, it's a sort of just a great story of victory snatched from the jaws of defeat, sort of thing. Amen. And uh, it's encouragement for us all, I think, that when we face adverse circumstances, that it can be God's path for us to the throne that uh, one day will be our destiny in one form or another. Wow, yes, we're actually going to rule and reign with Jesus. How encouraging is that? Absolutely, yes. I think it was, it was during the lockdown in England that I was searching for encouragement or searching for what my attitude should be. You know, you're faced with all this media, sort of uh, what you might call propaganda, and you're like, well, what should my attitude be to all this that's happening in these difficult times? Yes. And sort of personally for me, it was Psalm 37 that just seemed to sum up perfectly what one's attitude should be in evil times. And it's incredible that something written so long ago could still be so powerful and so relevant to us. Yes, Psalm 37 is, I think, my all-time favorite psalm. Maybe I can just read through it um, a little bit it's so perfect it says do not fret because of evildoers nor be envious of the workers of iniquity for they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb so we're not to fret <laughs> that's just wonderful advice as jesus said let not your heart be troubled and then we have what we should be doing yes and the next verse it says trust in the lord and do good dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Yes. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Praise God. He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. And so that the themes of trust in the Lord, the themes of delighting ourselves in the Lord, of just turning our eyes towards Jesus in these times. Yes. Turning our eyes on him, trusting in him, delighting in him. It really is the narrow path that leads to life. <laughs> yes. And we all get distracted. <laughs> we all get distracted by other things and busyness and projects. But really the narrow path is our eyes on Jesus, trusting in him, waiting on him, resting in him, allowing him to work and lead the way. Yes. It's just so beautiful. Further on, it says, cease from anger, forsake wrath, do not fret, it only causes harm. For evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait on the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. And it's just such a, such a beautiful prescription, a doctor's prescription for difficult times and what our attitude should be. And right. I personally have, have memorized it, and I think, um, I think it's just a wonderful passage to memorize 
as we see the iniquity growing and as we face um, this sort of darkness covering the earth, it just points us so perfectly in the right direction of a trusting, restful, peaceful attitude. Yes, I mean, in Psalm 37, there are just so many wonderful promises to meditate on about not fretting and trusting the Lord. Yes, so yes. There's repetitions throughout that, but don't fret is three times. Don't be angry is once. Don't be envious is once. Trust the Lord twice. Rest in the Lord. Delight in the Lord. Commit your way to the Lord and wait on the Lord is repeated twice. Just a wonderful, truly advising us to really focus on our relationship with Jesus, focus on him as being the the right pathway and the only pathway through evil times. You're listening to an international edition of Nightlight, shining God's love light to the world. And on Nightlight today, we're with Simon Bennett, author of the Let's Look Forwards trilogy, available on Amazon. Simon, in the section on David, you share a mountain hiking vision that you had during the lockdown. I found that very encouraging. Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. Well, I, I, I did too. I guess it was again, I was, think I was in, in uh, the UK during lockdowns and we were meeting on Zoom with, with friends and reading scriptures. And, and once we just had prayer, we had quiet time, we said, Lord, how do you see this? <laughs> how do you see us, uh, this situation and us in this situation? And I had this, uh, just a little picture come to mind of being in a a kind of mountain hut, way up in the mountains, way up in the mountain peaks, snow everywhere, you know, um, real steep mountains. And we were in this kind of uh, mountain hut, quite a few people, maybe 20 or 30, and we were kind of geared up, backpacks on, winter gear on, and we were about to go out, you know, on, on a hike into the mountains. And we were all standing there listening to the guide with that reverence that you do when you're about to do something dangerous and you know that you, you better listen. That's right. And it was, it was just a wonderful, wonderful sort of parallel, I think, of how we are in these days, that honestly our own ideas, our own individual plans or um, schemes really have to be put to one side and we absolutely have to focus on the guide you know when you're on that mountain you're not going well maybe we should go this way or maybe we should do that I think we should go over here you're not you're like I'm gonna I'm gonna shut up I'm gonna be quiet and I'm gonna follow what the guide says because he wants to lead he's the professional he knows the route and the impression I got also was you know we always want to know well, you know where are we going what's you know what's the end game where where are we heading right and obviously the guide was like you, you don't need to know that you just need to follow step by step and i just felt that also is is very much how the lord is and he doesn't tell us a huge amount about our futures because he wants us to come into relationship with him and listen to him. That's right. And and that's the goal. So the goal isn't so much saving us and saving ourselves. I think the goal is to that he wants that relationship and dependency and to recognize that we cannot make our way on our own in these times. Lighting your path through the end times. You're with Nightlight. Well, thank you so much, Simon. You were also planning on talking about the archetypical parallels in the story of Elijah, but maybe even though this show is shorter than usual, we could save Elijah for another time and we'll just stay focused 
on the story of David. So maybe you just close up by briefly summing up the parallels that you shared. I would just say that David kind of reveals to us the secret of uh, surviving in the last days. And it is a secret because it's a, it's a spiritual path, a spiritual discipline that isn't immediately obvious to us. Obviously, we're thinking of, we often think in the physical terms of, of, of what we can do, but the secret is, is a spiritual a trusting, a waiting on and paying complete attention to Jesus so that we can be safe and sound on this mountain journey that's ahead of us. Praise God. You know, the mountain guides are are safe. <laughs> if you have a good Gurkha going up Nepal, you know, you're in safe hands. They know the mountains. And likewise, we are really safe in the hands of Jesus. And I think he's, he's delighting in this time. He says, this is an opportunity for me to get so close to my children wow. who have been generally so distracted <laughs> by many good things, probably. But now we're going to be drawn increasingly closer to him, dependent on him, and finding our joy in Him and our peace in Him. Inspiring you to draw closer to God. You're listening to Nightlight. Well, as we do have some time, for those of you who'd like to listen to and meditate on Psalm 37, let's close with my narration of Psalm 37, taken from my audiobook reading of the King James Bible. I'll sign out here and look forward to being back again with you soon for another Nightlight podcast. Bye-bye. Nightlight. Fret not thyself because of evildoers. Neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. For they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass and he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light, and thy judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord, and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Cease from anger, and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. For evildoers shall be cut off. But those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. For yet a little while, and the wicked shall not be. Yea, thou shalt diligently consider his place, and it shall not be. But the meek shall inherit the earth, and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. The wicked plotteth against the just, and gnasheth upon him with his teeth, The Lord shall laugh at him, for he seeth that his day is coming. The wicked have drawn out the sword and have bent their bow to cast down the poor and needy and to slay such as be of upright conversation. Their sword shall enter into their own heart and their bows shall be broken. A little that a righteous man hath is better than the riches of many wicked, for the arms of the wicked shall be broken. 
but the Lord upholdeth the righteous. The Lord knoweth the days of the upright, and their inheritance shall be for ever. They shall not be ashamed in the evil time, and in the times of famine they shall be satisfied. But the wicked shall perish, and the enemies of the Lord shall be as the fat of lambs. They shall consume into smoke, shall they consume away. The wicked borroweth and payeth not again, but the righteous showeth mercy and giveth. For such as be blessed of him shall inherit the earth, and they that be cursed of him shall be cut off. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. I have been young, and now am old. Yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. He is ever merciful and lendeth, and his seed is blessed. Depart from evil, and do good, and dwell for evermore. For the Lord loveth judgment, and forsaketh not his saints. They are preserved for ever. But the seed of the wicked shall be cut off. The righteous shall inherit the land, and dwell therein for ever. The mouth of the righteous speaketh wisdom, and his tongue talketh of judgment. The law of his God is in his heart, and none of his steps shall slide. The wicked watcheth the righteous, and seeketh to slay him. The Lord will not leave him in his hand, nor condemn him when he is judged. Wait on the Lord, and keep his way, and he shall exalt thee to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, thou shalt see it. I have seen the wicked in great power, and spreading himself like a green bay tree. Yet he passed away, and lo, he was not. Yea, I sought him, but he could not be found. Mark the perfect man, and behold the upright, for the end of that man is peace. But the transgressors shall be destroyed together, the end of the wicked shall be cut off. But the salvation of the righteous is of the Lord. He is their strength in time of trouble, and the Lord shall help them and deliver them. He shall deliver them from the wicked and save them, because they trust in him. My life.